We all did good. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We are glad you're here. Uh, Taylor is uh, in worship right now in Rocky Mount and will be returning today. She has been at um, a rural minister's fellowship that is a support group that meets a few times during the year. I think this is the only time they'll be meeting on a Sunday, their first meeting. But um, that's where she is. So I always hate it when she's gone because uh, she does better at this than I do. But if you're visiting with us for the first time, we are honored you're here. You'll find a guest card in front of you. We would love for you to drop that in the offering plate when we take care of that business of uh, taking care of our offering. Um, and just a word to those who need it. Uh, we are fine and ahead of all of our expenditures but we are behind the budget, okay? That's all I'm going to say about that, okay? Very good. So uh, I do have some announcements. One is if you're coming this Saturday and you haven't signed up, then bring your own food, okay? Fair enough? If you can't sign up to let us know how to fix for you, just bring your own, okay? Now, we want everybody to come. I think there are now 51 that have signed up. But uh, if you're planning to come, uh, we, are, we are waiting to the last minute to sign up because there might be a better option kind of people. I don't know what that is about us. But today's your last day. So sign up. We'll be delighted for you to come and be a part of that. The classes will be cooking, I think, all night. The barbecue, uh, the information is in the bulletin. But uh, they're going to start buying food tomorrow, so they need to know what to do to get ready for that experience, and we look forward to that. Also, uh, at the beginning, if you're not cooking, we're going to have a cleanup day here at the church. We're going to be, uh, uh, did Randy ever talk to you about mulch? Are we going to do mulch? Yes. So we'll have uh, mulch to be put out. We'll have bushes to trim. This will be our fall, putting the, the outside of the bushes and uh, the, the landscape of our church into order for the winter. So if you could come and help us do that, we're going to begin very early at 7 o'clock in order to, to get it done and get cleaned up and get out of the way. And then we'll have our fellowship at 5.30. Begin our, is it 5 or 5.30? It's in the bulletin. It is 5.30 this coming Saturday. So please note that as well. There are many announcements that are in your bulletin. Hope that you'll be involved in those if you are part of the uh, personnel committee, there is a very short meeting immediately following our morning worship right down here to my left. Uh, Brad will meet you, and it's basically to get ready to have another meeting. So if you are part of that committee, please note that and be involved where you need to be involved. Um, please note the World Hunger Offering is October the 13th. That's just a couple of weeks away, and we would appreciate you uh, if you've been doing those banks to bring those, and if not, then you just consider your gift. I still think that's a wonderful opportunity for a family, uh, especially with small children, to collect your dimes and keep those in that bank. But uh, if that doesn't meet your plastic world that many of us now live by and don't do a lot of cash, then just note that offering. That goes to help people all over literally the world with, with hunger issues and we're excited to be a part of that. We'll start right here in our area and go out from that. So please be involved. Also, just a, a, an announcement. Uh, the trip that was scheduled for the Dorcas group tomorrow is, is not going to happen. There's no trip to Lexington tomorrow for the Dorcas ladies. If you would note that, we would uh, be greatly appreciative of that. You'll also see the fall festival that will be here October 26th, our chili cook-off. We, we, I think there were several that had already signed up for that. We're excited about that as well. And I want to show you this. Beginning in February, uh, this is kind of a standard in, in Baptist life. Uh, both Claude King and Henry Blackaby, who did this years ago, uh, have been a part of our uh, convention, our, our denomination. Uh, but this has been a book that has really transcended. It is called Experiencing God 
knowing and doing the will of God. And this is a revised copy for those of us that have done it maybe back in the, in the uh, 90s when it was very, very popular. I want to encourage our church to come together for this 13-week study on Sunday, probably Sunday afternoons, to uh, discern what God's will is for us individually, for us as families, and for us as a church, that we can be the most effective body for Christ that we possibly can be. So I want you even now to consider being a part of this study. We're going to have the youth running, the children's running, the nursery provided. We're going to make this an opportunity for all of us to come together and make a concerted effort to understand how we can know the will of God, to experience that, and to know how to act upon that and how to go with God as he moves in our community. So I want to invite you even now to plan uh, to, to clear your calendar beginning in February. We'll be through in May. We're trying to make that happen with the Sundays. We know we won't be a, like Mother's Day and Easter Sunday that we'll have to miss. So we're trying to get the schedule where that'll work. But uh, hopefully you'll do that with us and for us. And I'm excited about what God will do in the midst of such an opportunity when we come together and do that. We'll be giving you more information, obviously, uh, but I just wanted to get that on your radar now. What needs to happen in this next hour? Where's your need? Where if you had a special encounter with God today, would it change tomorrow? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, would you speak with us as we listen for your spirit? Give us discerning hearts, listening ears, and open minds to hear what you might have to say. We are grateful for your presence with us all the time. We're especially grateful for how you encounter us in worship. And we invite you, O oh God, to come before us as we come before you and worship you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. If you'll take your inserts and listen to the choir sing this thing through one time, then we'll all stand and sing it together.
most gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all your many, many blessings, dear Lord. May we have an open mind to hear your words today. Dear Lord, please accept and bless these tithes and these offerings to be used for thy will and service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. His eye is on the sparrow, beautiful. Just real, I told him, walked in this morning, I said, it just reminds me of Ethel Merman singing that at the Billy Graham Crusades that we would see on TV. So, 484, Higher Ground.
Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Good. Let me ask you, have you ever had to remember something important? Yeah? What's something that you've had to remember that's important? We forgot? Okay. What if, what about um, when you're getting dressed in the morning and you've got all your clothes on except for your socks and you can't remember where you left your socks? Or maybe you just forgot where one shoe was. Is that something important to remember? Where you put your shoes? Has anybody ever asked you that? Or what if you need to remember to do your homework? Is that something important you need to remember? Yeah, something we don't like to do, right? Or I hope this is something we do every day. Do you remember to brush your teeth? Yeah, okay, well, I hope so, I hope so. Um, what can you do to remember these things? You don't know, we just forget? We just forget what to do those things? Well, um, something that sometimes I do to remember these things is I like to write down on sticky notes. And I've got a couple here. One is to clean my room or fold the laundry or I need to wash the dishes when I get home. And I really need to feed Toby. And so I've got that, my dog Toby. Um, but something else that's really important is I need to remember that my lunch is in the refrigerator right now. And so I put that one, it's really important, it's on my forehead. Um, something else that people do is they use notepads to remember the things they, um, to write down the things that they need to remember. Or have you ever heard to tie a string around your finger? Yeah? Like, so that when you look at your finger and you remember that you tied a string on your finger that you've got to remember something important? Well, something else that I do is I like to put a reminder on my phone, um, like to remind me to do something so my alarm will go off, and I use that every single day to wake up in the morning. Um, but, you know, God says the most important thing that you remember is that he loves you, and it's also important to remember that you love him, and also how to be kind to others. And so I've got a verse here. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and it's verse 4 through 9, and it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We can keep uh, these good things in our heart by practicing reading our Bible every day or um, saying a prayer with mom and dad. Um, and the more you practice these things, the more you'll remember that God loves you and you'll remember that you love God and how to act kind to other people. All right? Can we say a prayer together? Dear God, I thank you so much for these children and for their bright and shining faces, God. And I pray that... Um, we will all remember that, that your love for us, and we will remember the things that you have told us to do as we show your love to others. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. just read was is known as the Shema in Deuteronomy I think it's the sixth chapter but it is um, it was the commandment to the Israelites listen to what Jesus quotes in Mark 12 one of the experts in Moses teachings went to Jesus during the argument with the Sadducees he saw how well Jesus answered them so he asked him which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Listen, Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Then he got a bonus one. The second most important commandment is this. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. No other commandment 
is greater than these. The expert in Moses' teaching said to Jesus, Teacher, that is well said. You've told the truth that there is only one God and no other besides him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. Good to have Rick back with us. You see the name James Allen on your prayer list. That is Jimmy's son who had gallbladder surgery this past week. And Chrissy's here with us. Her birthday's Tuesday. So I don't know if she's holding out or what, or he, he or she's holding out. But uh, anyway, we're, we're excited that she's here. We hope next Sunday we'll be making another announcement. So we're excited about that. Pray with you. Heavenly Father, you've told us that when we love you with all, it changes everything. And Lord, we live too often, I live too often, in partial love and partial change which I think sometimes, Lord, frustrates you and me. Would you today, is there one here today, oh God? Just one. Maybe one of our senior adults. Maybe one of our children. Maybe one of our single persons or maybe a couple I don't know Lord but could there be one here today who would say I'm going to love the Lord I'm going to love you Lord with everything when I fall short I'm going to be reminded and I'm going to come back I'm not going to do it in my own strength, but I'm going to do it in your grace, oh God. I'm going to do it in your strength, in your authority, in your power. I'm going to rebuke the devil. I'm going to claim the promises. I'm going to proclaim Jesus is my Lord. And I'm going to live for you. Oh Lord, what a difference. Give me the courage to be that one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, choir. Isn't that good stuff? I don't know about tomorrow. You don't need to know about tomorrow because I know about the Lord, my Savior, and the God who created and loved us. Open your Bibles to where we've already been reading and looking, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 15. I'm either going to go to the end of this sermon or the end of my voice, whichever comes first. We'll see how it works out. I'm not going to ask you who you might be pulling for. I'm just going to leave it there, okay? <laughs> Moses has been receiving the law. These are uh, the first five books, the Pentateuch or the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy are the, the place where Moses is getting the word from God. So when you hear Moses, you're really hearing God. You're hearing the word of God as it comes through Moses. You may remember in those wonderful Theophanies, those appearances of God on the mountain of Mount Sinai when Moses would go up and, the invite, and God invited the whole nation to come up. And they said, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> you go ahead, Moses. We'll just stay down here. And of course, that didn't always work out well for them. We know the golden calf and all of that. But in this beautiful word, we have what is the greatest commandment. It's found in the, uh, all three of the synoptic gospels and uh, Jimmy just read it from the Gospel of Mark when Jesus was asked that question. What's the greatest law? It was a time in that time in Jesus' life when rabbis would take their primary or their key commandment, their key law, their key point. And so when they would ask that question, what's the greatest law? That was what they were after. They were kind of saying, what's your, what is your platform, Jesus? What, what are you trying to teach us? And I would say that's a good question for us today. What is God trying to teach us? What does God need to say in 2019, almost 2020, about what it means to be his people? What does it mean to be Flat Springs Baptist Church? What does it mean to be an individual follower of Jesus Christ? And so as we read the first word in verse 4, I want that word to be the, the foundation of our focus. And we're going to be looking at family foundations. I'm going to talk about focus and fact and faith. So you now have my three points, okay? And we're going to start with the fact that what we hear is really what matters. So we're going to read, and in fact, if you want to leave your Bibles open, I'm going to go a little further down in the text uh, in the sermon. And, but we're going to read verses 4 through 15. I would invite you to stand if you're able as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's word. Hear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your might. And these words that I command you today, they shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently. Diligently. That might be the one word we might need to underline to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Footnote here, all the time, everywhere, okay? That's what he says. All the time, everywhere. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of all good things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord. Have we forgotten God any this week? 
who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, for a moment or two this morning, would you speak to us? And may we hear you. And may we hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You're getting better. That's good. A significant thing happened. On September the 14th, 1999. In fact, we just celebrated the 20th anniversary of it on September the 14th. And you probably saw something on Facebook or somewhere in a, a local news or even I think Channel 5 had a couple of stories about it. It was the moving, the anniversary of the moving of the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse. They moved it 2,900 feet from where it had stood since 1871. Now, the reason why was because they realized they could no longer keep it safe, that the waters were going to ultimately overtake it and moving it 20. And I just was reading this week, and I read an article in June 2019, uh, they might have to move it again. <laughs> And that's a little alarming because it cost $11.5 million to move it 2,900 feet. But the reason it could move is what is of interest to me. Now, I'm going to tell you before I go any further, I'm going to tell you before I tell you that I don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you say, preacher, what will be different? But I, don't, I, I, I generally do. But I don't really understand what I'm fixing to tell you. But I read it three different places, and it works wonderful in my sermon, so we're going with it, okay? So if you come up to me later and say, well, what did that mean and why? I don't know, okay? We're, we're good. We're just good. But what they told me, and you can go find it yourself, is that the reason they could move the lighthouse was because it was on a floating foundation. Okay? It's no longer on a floating foundation. It's now on a very solid concrete and rebarb, thick, state-of-the-art foundation. But in 1871, which was the second building of that lighthouse, by the way, they took 12-foot, 6-foot round yellow pine timbers, and they laid them horizontally because they could not drive them into the, into the sand with the technology that they had, I guess, in 1871. And they keep them wet with fresh water. And then they put the granite and all the other stones, the heavy foundation that this 210-foot tall tower would be built upon. Don't forget that, okay? They said that one of the major concerns about the impending water was if the salt water got to those logs that had been preserved in fresh water since 1871, that those logs would immediately begin to decay and rot and compromise the foundation of the lighthouse. Now, I'm telling you the truth. You know all about that that I know now, okay? Just so you know. But I want us to think about a floating foundation for a moment. And I want to ask us this question today. What's your foundation? What's your family foundation? Do you, do you have a family mission statement? Do, do you have a family understanding that what we intend to do, what we're hoping to do in our family is this? You remember Joshua's family foundation mission statement. Choose ye this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods of your forefathers who were across the river. But as for me and my house, 
You remember, right? We'll serve the Lord. Is that a family foundation? I want to start with what our focus is, and I love that word here. Now, when my daddy asked me when I was a boy, did I hear him? That was not a good thing, okay? I'm just telling you. Generally, that meant that whatever he said, I should have already accomplished, okay? And that reminder, not of what he said, but of my ability to hear was what was in question. Think for a moment. What do you learn by listening? Are you an auditory learner or a visual learner? But even when you are a visual learner, if you're a good reader rather than a good listener, still your mind takes those words and puts them into that concept. And that's what God's talking about when he said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one and only. And you're to love the Lord with everything. What's your focus? How important is it for us to do what God says? And God's word, the Bible, is where we hear what God says. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the lens of Jesus Christ, we go to God's word, Old and New Testament, and we discern what God's will is for our lives. So let me ask it this way. Do we see the Bible as a source of maybe, a suggestion, an, an idea, one option among many? Or do we see it as his word, as his source of always? Our focus makes a real big difference. The issue with, those, with the floating foundation of the lighthouse was that they had to be kept wet in fresh water. You and I have to keep our heart in the fresh water of God's word because there's a lot of salt water all around us. There, there's an awful lot of salt water everywhere, opinion, news trends, worldviews, our own desires. They're always challenging for our focus, for as we think, so we do. And if our focus can get off just a little bit and we don't hear we're not listening, then our foundation can be contaminated. Today, has anyone had contamination in your foundation? You see, the illustration of that fresh water being God's word is unlike those logs <laughs> at Cape Hatteras, because I guess if those logs get damaged, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't do anything about it, but the king of kings can do something about a contaminated foundation today in our life. The king of kings, he doesn't need his men, he can do it. And today, if you and I are willing to say, Lord, I want to change my focus, I want to change the focus of my family, I want us to be founded on this word that you've given us, that it just changes everything. God can do that. The second part of our foundation check is the facts. Because what we believe influences what we do. God is still reminding the children of Israel that they're just not home yet. Did you see what he said? You're going to cities that are already built. You didn't build them. Houses that are full of stuff. You didn't put any of the stuff in it. You didn't build a house. You're going to see wells that are already dug. You didn't dig them. You're going to see vineyards and, and orchards that take years and years before they're old enough to mature to start to produce a product, a, a fruit that you can use. They're going to already be producing. You didn't plan them. You see, that's true with us. Now, I'm going to do something a little weird. I want you to see what I got here. Everybody know what this is? Y'all are really asleep, aren't you? Anybody know what this is? The drop cord, okay? But not today. Today it's eternity, okay? And I want us to pretend that it just goes 
and goes and goes and it stops right there. But not in our, not in our mind it doesn't. It goes forever. It goes, it goes, it goes. And you see this little black section right here? By the way, to give a disclaimer, I got this from Francis Chan, okay? I'm not going to own it myself. Great illustration. See the little black section? This represents our life. If we live to be 185, anybody here 185? Some of you close, but not quite. Okay, okay. If we live to be 185, that's what's represented right here. And this is represented eternity. And it just keeps going, and it just keeps going. But you know what, you know what Satan does to us? He tempts us to focus everything upon this little bit right here. And so we say, oh, I'm going to work real hard all this part. So this little part right here, I can really live it up, you know. It's what we do, right? When I retire, oh, boy, oh, happy day. And it's going to be like that long, okay, <laughs> in eternity. It's going to be like, like maybe one, maybe, y'all can't see that, but there's just a little, like a little part of the rim that comes. That, that's what that last 110 years of 185 are going to be right here, okay. <laughs> That little bitty bit. But you see where we put our focus? And so when God says, love me with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength. Why? It's because he's got this. He knows. He knows what he's got for us. He knows how he's created us and what he wants us to be. And I've got to make sure I don't get focused right here. It's easy to do. I do it. I bet you do too. Today, I want us to, to really think about where our emphasis is or where our focus is. And the fact is that if we believe what we say we believe, if we believe there is eternity, if we believe Christ did come to create a forever for us, then shouldn't we use this part to share the good? Shouldn't we be screaming from the rooftop? Shouldn't we be a lighthouse on a firm foundation, a floating foundation that floats, floats on the love of Jesus Christ and that it permeates everything we do? I think so. Our faith is a direct indicator of what we'll teach our children. I, I love when the kids come down here and we ask them questions. And they're just like brutally honest, amen? I, I know parents are getting a little nervous. I, I wonder if any of our parents give a little bit of coaching. Now, honey, when you go down for the children's sermon, don't say anything about what daddy said yesterday or, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're not doing any of that. But what do we teach our children? Where is our focus on our children? Uh, the... Philacateries, or what the Orthodox Jews, and you may have seen them, you can go Google one, by the way, the, the ones that wear the black suits, and they have the beards that come down, and they wear the little round hats, and if you notice, they'll have a little string coming out of their hair, and there'll be a little pouch right here, and on their left hand, they will have a string, and there'll be another little pouch that kind of comes right to the back of their hand, and that's the Philacateries, and in that is a little bit of a parchment, and it either contains the Ten Commandments or some of the Ten Commandments, or it contains Deuteronomy chapter 6, that verse 5, that you shall love the Lord your God with everything. And, and I, I began to think about that. You know, we like to have things that remind us, if you've been baptized or joined this church, you got one of these, Right? If you don't see Norm, he's got 150 in his back pocket in case we have a great revival one Sunday, I'm sure. But it's, anybody got one? Or got one like it? Maybe you've got a little metal one and it says Jesus loves you across and you carry it in your purse. Or you, any, any ladies, probably not here, we're Baptists. 
Any lady here have a necklace that might have a cross on it? Now, I didn't think anybody would. None of us would have one of those, would we? Nobody here? Everybody here? Every woman here have a little necklace with a cross? We do, don't we? Our phylacteries to remind us. We need to be reminded. We need to be reminded every day. Maybe you've got a life first. You got a life first? We need to have a thought in our mind that keeps it before us. And we need to teach our children because they're counting on us. And that brings me to the last point this morning. Our foundation. Our foundation. You see, we've got to be careful that in our foundation, we're not teaching them more about this earth that little bit and not near enough about that eternity. We've got to make sure they're seeing it, they're smelling it, they're tasting it, they're living it every day of their life. And we're teaching them. Is that our family foundation? It needs to be. Are any of us perfect at doing that? No. I never was when I had children at home. And you probably aren't either, but still we try. And today, if God's Spirit is speaking to our hearts and challenging us that we're teaching too much about how to drive a car or how to program a computer or how to, to make money or how to get an education, and we're not taking the emphasis on how to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our mind and all our strength, then we need to look at our foundation and realize there's a bigger picture. I'm telling you, based on the authority of God's word and a personal relationship that I have with Jesus Christ, I'm going to live in heaven for all eternity. And I didn't do one cotton-picking thing to make that happen. I didn't do anything. I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I can't earn it. I didn't get enough education to figure it out. There's not enough education to figure it out. It was given to me as it's given to everyone who has that gift freely. Freely. God gave it to us. He gave it to us not because we deserved it, not because we earned it. We're living in houses we didn't build, in cities we didn't. I, I, I'm pastoring a church I didn't build. I didn't sacrifice what many of our charter members sacrificed to make sure this building was here. I recognize that I come from a long tradition of the faith that's been handed all the way back to the foot of the cross. And it comes to me. And it is my faith, my response to what's already been done for me that I have to give. Faith overcomes forgetting. If you're going to write anything I've said today down, write that down. Faith overcomes forgetting. Did you see what he said in our text today? As he was giving this great teaching, he says, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall write them between your eyes and on your gates. Why? Lest you forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't get distracted. Don't let the devil distract us today to think that that little bit is what it's all about because he'll rob our energy. He'll rob our joy. He'll rob our peace. He'll rob our happiness. He'll rob it all because I want to tell you, this world is corrupt. This world is evil. This world is bad. It wasn't that way when God created it, but it's fallen. It's been stained with sin and if we end up swimming all the time, if our foundation floats upon this world, it'll be rotted. It'll be rotted. And your joy, don't you want joy? Your peace, don't we need peace? It comes in knowing that tremendous reality. Oh, we sing our hymns, we carry our crosses, 
we remind us of what we wear. We don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We remember. And I'm so glad when I see those children come down. I'm so grateful for parents and grandparents that bring those children so they can come. Because I'm going to tell you, they need this more than they need the education they're getting at the local schoolhouse. They need this more than they need the education that's going to prepare them to live in this world because we're preparing them to live forever. I want you to see what he says in, later in the passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 20 through 24. He says, when your son asks, that begs a question. Are we living our faith in such a way that our children are asking us faith questions? Are they asking us faith questions? When your sons ask you in time to come, what is the meaning of these testimonies and these statues and these rules the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you will say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slave in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out of there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statues, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. What did he say? Know the sacred story. <laughs> know the sacred story. Tell the sacred story at your house. Share the sacred story. When your children ask you, don't say, well, go see the preacher. So let me tell you. So when your children come and say, why do we go to church? Why do we read the Bible? Why do you pray? Why, why do you claim to be a Christian? Let me give you a word you can say. You can say, we follow Christ and come to church because once we were separated from God, you and I. You see, honey, God is pure. and He's holy. And he's clean. And he's righteous. And he's full of love. But people like you and me, that's not how we are. That's not how we are. We're not pure. We're not holy. We're not clean. We're not righteous. And honestly, honey, we're a little selfish. God said that we couldn't come in that condition into his presence. We call that condition sin. And that sin separates us from God. But God loved us. And he sent his son. His name is Jesus. And he came and he lived among us and he was pure. And he was holy. And he was clean. And he was righteous. And he was full of love. And he told us that if we would come to him, we could get to God the Father. If we'd come to him because he took he paid the price. He died on a cross to pay for our sin because sin has a price. Someone had to pay for it. And Jesus, through his death, he did that. He paid for our sin, our impurity, our unholiness, our dirtiness, our unrighteous ways. And God said if we would accept Jesus as our substitute on the day we stand before him, that he would say, you can come in. We sing a hymn. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And that's why, honey, that's why we go to church. Honey, that's why we read the Bible. Honey, that's why we live differently than some of our neighbors. Honey, that's why. Tell your children that. Tell them that. Share that with them. 
and then send them to the preacher. And I'll show them some scripture. We'll help them understand how that's all laid out in God's holy word. Because it is the word of God that is our foundation. So as we come to conclusion this morning, thank you, Lord, for my voice holding out. We have a floating foundation, you and I. But there's a question. In fact, there's several questions we've got to ask. Where is it floating right now? What's it floating upon right now? Is it fresh water? In just a moment, we're going to offer an invitation. And maybe there's someone who needs to come and say, Oh, Lord, I need fresh water to heal my foundation. Where is it floating? What's it floating in? And has the world contaminated us? Oh, that lighthouse on Cape Hatteras is shining brightly because it's on a firm foundation. Can we say as Jesus taught us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, your foundation, your focus, the facts upon which you live your life and your faith and glorify the Father who is in heaven. May our family foundation be our faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, in just a moment we're going to sing a an invitation hymn. And I just pray right now, Lord, for you to start to build a bridge in our life. A bridge that will go to this sermon because right now maybe your spirit is quickening our spirit. We feel your presence in our heart. We feel you challenging us on some level to make some decision. Maybe there's a, an outward sin in our life that we know is separating us from you and your love and your grace. And today we need to confess it and we need to pray for fresh water. We need to pray for salt water to be removed. Maybe you just need to challenge us to begin to make those steps, Lord, as, as husbands, wives, moms, dads, sons, daughters, grandparents, whatever our walk in life might be. To begin to make sure that we're doing our family on the right foundation that it's floating on Jesus Christ, our Lord. For you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life forever and for always. Oh God, you know every heart. You know every need. You know every decision that should it be made for you today would make a difference in next week, build that bridge that will take the sermon and the music and the worship hour and bridge it into Monday and bridge it into Tuesday and bridge it into Wednesday and bridge it into Thursday that we might live in a way, oh God, how firm a foundation is Jesus, our Lord. It's in his holy name we pray. Our hymn of decision is Footsteps of Jesus, page 483. This morning, if God is speaking to your heart and you need to make a decision, public or private, as the Holy Spirit falls on this place, may we be receptive as we stand together.
Our personnel committee needs to meet for just a moment. Please sign up if you can come. We would love to have 150 here this Saturday, but we need you to sign up so we'll know to get the food appropriately for you uh, in the uh, atrium uh, right after church today. That would be marvelous. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might float our foundation upon his grace, upon his love, that we might be his people in the midst of his people whose foundation is on salt water. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for Flat Springs Baptist Church, for the faithfulness of this congregation for more than a century and a decade. May we continue to grow in our faith every day. May the best be ahead of us because of the best that was behind us, that we might be your people in the midst of your people who need to know John 3.16. Go with us from this place. Bridge us that we might go with you. In Christ's name we pray. of Jesus.